North-South Connection Podcast Network. We're back with more Cronoso Daily. This is Johnny C., one of the voices here on the North-South Connection Podcast Network. And uh, we're covering our, excuse me, continuing our coverage of a daily pod blast with the WrestleMania card, the original, folks, the granddaddy of them all. You know, I had always heard that this show was quite a happening. So I was really excited that we were going to be launching with this project. I am sad to report, though, that the segment in which I'm covering, in which I took drastically, drastically over-detailed notes, there were zero mentionings of the happening that was WrestleMania. I was hoping for at least three or four happenings out of good old Geo, as they uh, like to call him, but alas, I got nothing. So, moving right along the card, I will be covering the $38,850 slam match, or as it was known in 1985, the $15,000 slam match. And, you know, I remember as a kid looking at the back of the box and thinking that was an incredibly large sum of money. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not sneezing at that amount of money. But imagine turning on Raw or SmackDown and being like, hey, Roman Reigns is putting up a $15,000 bounty on Mustafa Ali's contract. And it's like, no, $15,000, eh, and I'm not even getting out of bed for that. You know, it'd have to be some ridiculous number like a million or billion dollars. So let's start with the pre-match. Lord Alfred Hayes is on the stick introducing the match and his hand is still shaking. And it's like two hours into the show. This poor guy, man. I, I love Lord Alfred Hayes. I don't know if he was shaking because he was drunk or if he was just plain nervous. I would like to think it was nervous. I think one of the themes that hopefully everyone will be bringing to the attention of this show is that while it's fine, it's great, there's highs, lows, etc., man, everybody is nervous, and I don't blame them. I understand it completely. But Lord Alfred's docile tones, and it's funny because before I, I watched this match, I, uh, I saw a new trailer for the Robert Pattinson Batman film that's coming out in March of 2022, not to date this podcast or anything, and he's like, Alfred, what does the Riddler want? And I, I I was thinking of Lord Alfred. What if Lord Alfred was Bruce Wayne's Alfred? Well, I tell you, Master Bruce, some men just wish to watch this world burn. Master Bruce, I often imagined you would retire, and I'd see you in the French Riviera with a funny brinker. That's my Lord Alfred Hayes as Alfred. Uh, a couple of things to point out when we're with Big John Studd in the back when he's getting interviewed. He's got the duffel bag, that classic, classic navy and yellow WWF duffel bag. I had one. I don't know if you guys did. I hope you did because I see it and I'm getting all these feels and it's making me excited. Uh, and speaking of excited, Mean Gene is like fingering the money actively during this interview. Bobby lays down a great line that I don't understand. If you can explain it to me, tweet me at Save Martha Russo on Twitter. He says, for $15,000 and a haircut, we're eliminating Andre the Giant from wrestling. So, yeah, it's I have a feeling that it's great. So just to go over the rules for a moment, it's Andre the Giant versus Big John Studd in a $15,000 slam match. To win, you must body slam your opponent. If Andre wins, he gets $15,000. And if Big John Studd wins, he gets to claim the career of Andre the Giant. One thing about this 1985 Madison Square Garden bell that doesn't mix with the modern day are when you watch WrestleMania with a nice set of headphones, 
Because holy shit, the amount of bell ringing, I thought I was going to go deaf. That's one thing about this show that always stands out. The incessant bell ringing in between like each word the Fink says. And he totally over-explains the rules like he's Gary Michael Capetta introducing war games. Wrestling fans, the competitors will walk down the aisle. After walking the aisle, the steps will be mounted, finishing with a sequence of entering the ring. Upon entering the ring, a coin will be tossed with the thumb agitating the coin into the air. I'm not going to continue, but if you pay me like a hundred bucks, I will record a ridiculous point by point war games rules for you and charge you only $15,000. So when Andre the giant comes out, man, he is all smiles. He just looks like he's having the fucking time of his life. And my heart kind of melts a little. I'm not like the world's biggest Andre Mark, but I mean, Come on, man. This has to make this has to give you all the feels. This has to make you feel great. Um, the match gets started. Uh, the duffel bag is seized by the referee to give to an attendant at uh, ringside, and Gorilla automatically calls it a briefcase. <laughs> That's my Albertan baby. The opening sequence is a glorious exchange of punches and chops. And I want to tell you right from the get-go, like I said, I don't have a ton of like Andre experience. I mean, I, obviously, I've seen all the big stuff. Uh, etc. You know, anything that's on Peacock, I've seen, well, if it's a pay-per-view. But the reason I bring this up is that uh, literally just last night, just last night, we don't dub anything here, folks. We go with the airs. Um, I watched the main event from 1988, Hulk versus Andre. Uh, and Andre is like 1,000% faster or more agile in this match than he is in the main event match which shows you just how much had happened in the last, you know, in the three years between then and now. And don't get me wrong, a thousand percent Andre is still like two percent Shawn Michaels when it comes to like moveness, move, being able to move around and quickness and swiftness. But I don't care. He nails stud with his Andre headbutt, which has to be the coolest fucking move in the world. But instead of what I'm used to seeing, he nails it. He gets a really good one. And I'm I don't know. I, this match is making me happy. It's headbutts and punches and kicks and, you know, they barely move. But at the same time, I've got this ridiculous smile on my face watching it because the 1985 crowd is just having a, having all sorts of a time watching it. It's great. There's an interesting sequence, though, where uh, Stud leaves the ring, comes back. Andre grabs him by the throat, pushes him into the corner. And I counted to 24 before Andre the Giant broke this chokehold right in front of the referee who doesn't even count. And and the reason I bring this up specifically is that I get that it's a slam match, but he, you know, earlier he was almost counting John Studd out like one, two, three, you know, and Andre had to break up the count. So if you're going to have a match possibly in an account out, can it still end in a disqualification? And I'm not trying to so much point out logic flaws in this match because it's WrestleMania one and, I feel like logic flaws in wrestling is, shouldn't be a thing until like the internet gets a little bit larger and more widespread. Uh, don't, that's not a rule that everyone takes to heart. Maybe it's just something that I'm making up in the moment, but, um, I do think that the ref should try to maybe break up the chokehold if he wants to be consistent, but I, the crowd is just loving it and I could care less. And, you know, Ventura's all over him on commentary and he's making great points and Gorilla's just like, oh, I love it. It's a happening. Although we all know he didn't say happening because Alas, the happening count remains at zero. Uh, during the choke, they cut to Bobby the Brain on picture-in-picture, picture, which really impressed me. 
1985. I was, I was like, that's pretty cool. I like that. And Bobby was actively participating in the match, you know, talking to Stud like, come on, ref, break the count. It was really cool. They transitioned to a bear hug. During this bear hug, the crowd, without being uh, prompted, starts chanting slam. And Andre has the offense here. He's got stud in the bear hug, and they're going crazy chanting slam. It's amazing to see this level of audience participation for something like this. I, I, I feel like the guys on the roster and gals now would kill for a reaction like this, and they would probably kill twice to have that reaction come during a, a rest spot. Um, it transitions to a headlock. Uh, Jesse and Gorilla keep going back and forth on over the air as to whether or not the bet was a smart bet, which made me think of like Andre the Giant, like with a bookie making a bet. And I also thought about Andre the Giant appearing in the film, uh, the seminal 2000 classic She's All That, finding out that he was the victim of a bet between Paul Walker and former disgraced WWE writer Freddie Prince Jr. And him being like, whoa, I'm all about. I'm all fucking back. I don't do a good Andre the Giant. I don't. I, I didn't claim to, but I still did the impression because I love all of the listeners. Um, Andre breaks the headlock, transitions to a chop. Not making fun of him, just telling you what happened. He does four Tajiri kicks. Now, Stud's not on his knees and he doesn't kick him in the skull, but he winds up like Tajiri four times, buckles the legs, and then casually walks over to Stud and slams him with almost one hand like Stud's, I don't know, uh, a feather or some other thing that's light that's funnier than a feather. And and that's it. That's the bell. And we're, we've got a vic- we've got a victor and it's Andre the Giant. The, you know, the career continues and he's, you know, $38,000 or $15,000 richer, uh, depending on when it's taking place. He immediately motions for the money. And when I say immediately, guys, I'm saying like the bell is just rung from the match being completed. And he's like, come on, mama. <laughs> God, my Andre's bad. He grabs the duffel bag and goes over to like the audience and starts making it rain. And then Stud grabs the, the duffel bag and runs away. And the camera shot, the referees in the background, like frantically trying to pick up the money as if, uh, you know, the, everything depended on the success or failure of this show, and he didn't know if he was going to have a job the next day. It was pretty much cracking me up. Andres announces the winner. He does that classic one-finger-in-the-air pose from the WWE signature. Andre, the giant, WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan, the Bum. You know, that whole thing. And again, it kind of makes my heart grow like three sizes, like I'm the fucking Grinch on Christmas. It just, I don't know, I... He's such an astonishing feat of humanity, and he, I don't know, it just made me feel happy. He fucking shakes the ref's hand, and then he shakes the Fink's hand on the way out. Like, I don't know, like, what is this? Like, I'm blown away by how awesome Andre the Giant is. He's like this, which makes me appreciate even more when he turned heel and ripped that cross off on Piper's Pit. Ah, I don't want to get, that's. Man, I was glad I got I pulled this match. So uh, he goes to the back. Mean Gene asks, you know, says, you know, he says over an interview. Andre says he's never retiring and he doesn't care about the money. He doesn't need it. He starts to say other things. And um, I guess Vince is on headset telling him that, you know, we're out of time. And, and Gene cuts him off and they just go back to the arena. 
man, you got to think if he had that one to do all over again, Vince McMahon would have just let him finish saying whatever Andre the Giant felt like he had to say. But alas, you got to stay on time, as I'm trying to do now. So I'm going to call it three stars. Uh, Johnny C does entertainment stars, folks. Um, and I was entertained three stars. Uh, I don't care that, you know, no, I mean, it's chops and punches and kicks, but it's happy Andre the Giant. It's Andre the Giant that is a bit more active and mobile. And it's WrestleMania one. I don't care. It gives me all the feels. I'm calling it three. That's going to, uh, that's going to call it for me though. They're, uh, they're telling me it's time for the relief pitchers to come in and uh, cover the main event. So, uh, if you like what you heard here, you know, check out daily. We're going to be doing these Cronoso blasts. Also, uh, every other Wednesday, I do a show in the North South Connection podcast network called WCW Must Die, where we guide through the uh, dying days of WCW, starting with the Vince Russo, Eric Bischoff reboot episode in the spring of 2000. Uh, we just recorded the go home show for uh, Western Union Slamboree. So probably the next new episode that will be available for you all when this is coming out, we'll be actually covering the dreaded three-tier cage of doom, as Michael Buffer would say, with David Arquette as world champion. Also, the last Saturday of every month, I host Johnny C. and the Multiverse of Fabulousness, where I take a peek through the multiverse and grab a random earth and dissect a new concept in their pop culture, wrestling, or otherwise humorous worlds. Uh, for example, on our first episode, we... We took WrestleMania six and we watched it on an earth where uh, WCW was actually putting on WrestleMania six. And I matched up the 1990 roster to the WrestleMania six card to try to create mere matches that matched uh, in size and scope. And of course, stick with us. We're going to be back the next day with uh, the ladies championship, if I'm not mistaken. That's going to do it for me. Keep with us. It's a happening. And we'll see you next time when it indeed is again a happening.